Hello, friends, and welcome to Men Do Disney, episode number 73, Complain Train. My name is Pete, and joining me tonight are Matt. What's up, everybody? And Tom. How's everybody doing? We're three guys who want to help you make the most of your Disney World vacation, as well as to bring some of that Disney magic into your life every day. So put on your favorite pair of Mickey ears, lower your safety harness, remain seated until the ride has come to a complete stop, and men, let's do Disney. So we're gonna be complaining tonight? Is that is that what I'm gathering based on the title? I feel like this is Pete's premiere episode. Pete, go hog wild. Let us all hear it. You know, go ahead. Matt and I can just clear the floor here and let Pete uh, take over the podcast solo tonight because I have no Disney complaints. Okay, this is not me complaining about Disney, even though I do do a lot of complaining about Disney. Do do? Can you say that? You just said do do. That made me laugh. Anyway. This is not going to be about me complaining about Disney. This is going to be common complaints that people have about Disney, and we are going to address those common complaints. So let me let me stop you here. So pretty much Tom and I are going to dispel these complaints, and Pete's going to be, yeah, that's true. I like that. Yeah, that's a fair point there. No, this is going to be for those of us who maybe have significant others, girlfriends, family members, boyfriends, whatever you got that may not be as big of fans as Disney as we are. So we're going to walk through when they complain about something, how you can address that and how you can convince them that it is in fact worth going to Disney. Before we get into that, let's go to Tom with the news. Tom, how much news we got this week? Not a ton, but we do have some heavy hitters. So we'll go ahead and dive in. It's kind of on the heels of our last episode, where we did discuss some Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique. Uh, Disney announced that they're going to be expanding at the Magic Kingdom and adding a new location at the Grand Floridian. Uh, so, as we've mentioned on past episodes, Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique is uh, more popular for the younger guests. Uh, typically, you know, young girls who have a desire to kind of be a Disney princess for the day. Uh, but it looks like Disney will be moving to increase capacity uh, and they're beginning the work in a few weeks. It'll add more chairs to the location in Magic Kingdom and a very special magic mirror. Uh, it's, it's kind of a transformation experience that will help guests choose the perfect outfits and accessories. The Magic Kingdom location uh, will remain open during the enhancements, uh, and existing reservations will not be affected in any way, shape, or form. <clears throat> and also mentioned, they're going to have a new location at Grand Floridian, uh, so that it's as simple as that. I mean, they're, they're going to build another uh, boutique there where the um, the current salon is now, which will actually relocate into uh, Senses. Uh, so no opening date for the additional location at that point, or, or at this point rather. Uh, but I would guess. You know, before the end of the year, they'll try to have that open. Uh, and then I want to say one more thing on the Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique in general. We got some great feedback from one of our loyal listeners. Scott, appreciate you reaching out to us and sharing your experiences. Uh, we're not going to dive into it tonight, but on a future episode, I think we are going to spend some time sharing, you know, just firsthand experience of, of what it's like to be a father, you know, taking a couple of daughters in there. And uh, he's done it multiple times. So he was a really good resource. We, we appreciate uh, our listeners, you know, educating us as well. Moving over to Hollywood Studios, new details have been revealed about Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Uh, we've had a steady stream of news on Star Wars Galaxy's Edge for the past three or four weeks. You know, we're getting closer to that summer opening date uh, at Disneyland. <clears throat> so more details are coming out about the attractions that will be featured right in that land and, you know, Disney's Hollywood Studios later in the fall. Uh, Disney released an early look at the next generation audio animatronics that will be featured in this land. They're going to be incredible. 
the descriptions about what it's going to be like walking around shopping and interacting with them. Uh, Disney released some some notes there too. I'm trying. We try not to be a spoiler podcast, so I don't want to go too in depth if if we have listeners who are just out there not trying to learn or, or hear anything about it. But I do I do encourage you to you know Google new details, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, you know audio animatronics, and uh, you, you'll be blown away. Stay in Hollywood Studios. Fancy Nancy replaces Sophia, the first um, at the meet and greet. Again, this is Disney Junior. Uh, I think we've explained we're not the experts here. Nancy will soon be a part of a breakfast at Disney Junior's Play and Dine at Hollywood and Vine. Uh, and, of course, Vampirina, Doc McStuffins, and Roadster Race, Racer Goofy are all there. Uh, the new character experience will obviously replace Sophia the First, who will no longer be meeting guests in this area of Hollywood Studios. Uh, and then uh, last thing in Hollywood Studios, Preview of Dumbo is now open at Walt Disney Presents. Uh, I know if you watched the Oscars, you saw a few previews pop up. Uh, but again, this film comes out, I think, uh, March 29th. So it'll be there. It'll be there all month. Moving to Animal Kingdom. A new show has debuted at Disney's Animal Kingdom. The uh, brand new Bollywood Beat Show, which brings traditional Indian dance together, uh, has now opened at Disney's Animal Kingdom in the Asia area of the park. It'll be performed several times daily at the stage across from the... Um, I can't remember the theater's name there. Anywho, this new show is going uh, plan, planning to stick around for a while. I have not seen any video on it. I haven't seen really any reviews either. Uh, so if you're out there and you've seen the show, please uh, please let us know. Last bit of news is from the general and resort news area. Uh, FastPass Plus early booking window will be extended to new non-Disney hotels. Uh, so we've covered this in, I think, 2017. Disney expanded it's 60-day extended FastPass Plus reservation benefit to all seven of the non-Disney-owned Disney Springs area hotels. Now it looks like Disney's going to open up this benefit to more non-Disney World properties as the 1,000-room uh, Hilton Orlando, Bonnet Creek, and 500-room Waldorf Astoria hotels can now make FastPass Plus reservations using the extended booking window. Uh, in addition to the extra FastPass booking time, guests staying at these two hotels will be able to visit Disney theme parks during extra magic hours. Uh, which is something we utilized and experienced in our time staying off, uh, I guess, in a non-Disney hotel in the Disney Springs area. My assumption here is Disney is getting ready for the capacity to really tick up when Star Wars Land uh, Galaxy's Edge opens. I, I think Disney's going to continue to do this because they simply don't have enough Disney World properties uh, to probably meet the demand that they're going to be seeing throughout the parks. And and this helps. I mean, this Again, it makes Disney more affordable in a, in a different way. And so if if they can continue to pack out the parks, and you know, obviously this, this is working for the Disney Springs area hotels, it's probably a win-win for all involved. Uh, you'll probably continue to see Disney expand the benefit to more non-Disney hotels. But other than that, that's all I had for the news. Uh, Peter, Matt, please feel free to jump in if you have something. No, I think, you, uh, I think you've covered everything and, and yeah, I agree. I think the reason for this expansion is yeah because Disney just doesn't have the capacity what they expect for Galaxy's Edge. And I I think we'll continue to see more and more hotels get added to this until Disney can can up that capacity. It's going to be a madhouse. It's going to be awesome though. Yeah, it will be awesome. I mean, the, if you look at all the news that's come out, again, we're not a not going to spoil anything for anybody, but you look at all the news that's come out. One thing I will say, it seems like a lot of shops a whole lot of shops. Yeah. And and there is a Harry Potter world esque build your own, you know, build your own wand, 
there will be a build your own lightsaber, which I'm sure is going to be reasonably priced, right? If if it lets me chop something up, I'm buying it. <laughs> I've always wanted a real lightsaber. Yeah, I'll pay all the money for any lightsaber. Just all the money. I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and guess that Disney has not perfected actual lightsaber technology yet. This is going to still be a toy, but I could be wrong. Who knows? I actually knows listened to a um, physicist talk about the real life lightsaber, you know, model. He basically said like you can't do it because there's no way to stop the light from going on to infinity so you just be like cutting through everything anyway we'll see what disney comes up with looking forward to that with that we'll go ahead and pause for just a second to hear from our sponsor so your family is coming to orlando and the thought of lugging your stroller onto the plane isn't your idea of fun but you're smart enough to know that conquering the theme parks of orlando without a stroller for your kids could be a vacation killer as parents ourselves we get it You're not asking for much. You just want the convenience of a clean, affordable stroller or crib delivered to your hotel or vacation home, ready to use. Welcome to Kingdom Strollers, a Disney-featured stroller and crib provider that does exactly what you're looking for at a great price. To book your stroller or crib, just click on the item you'd like to reserve and select the dates for your rental. We run a tight ship, so we will never overbook. Next, tell us where you're staying and choose the times for delivery and pickup. Then, choose from helpful free accessories like cooler bags and rain covers. It couldn't be easier. If you have any questions or concerns, you can check our FAQ page or just give us a call. We are always ready to answer your questions. Once you've placed your reservation, there's nothing left to do except count down the days until you're in sunny Florida. So what are you waiting for? Go ahead and book your stroller or crib from Kingdom Strollers today. All right, guys, so let's talk about one of my favorite things to do, and that is complain about Disney. Come on, Pete, if you gave me one guess, I was going to say complain about Disney. You would have been 100% right. I I just kind of threw together a list here. These are some things that I've heard over the years that I've heard from some of my family and friends. You guys feel free to add some if you've got some additional ones. The number one complaint I want to say that I hear about Disney is that it's too crowded. I guess I can relate to that. Like Sometimes I feel like... You know, for me, trying to get from one part of the park to the other part, like knowing where I want to go, sometimes it's a little difficult to get there. But I I really don't think it's too crowded. I just think it's the happiest place on earth where no one can complain and you just get to where you're going when you get there. So, I mean, am I going to, are we here to disprove the complaints? I, I would say that what I'd like to do is how do we address these complaints? How do you convince somebody that says, no, I'm not going to Disney World, it's too crowded? What do you say to that? I think it's just a personality trait. Like some people don't like crowds. What are you going to do about that? You're going to Disney World. Well, I mean, if, if you're going to go somewhere fun, you just need to anticipate there's going to be a crowd. I mean, people don't, you're not going to go uh, find a crowd at, let's see, what's some, what, is, what is something that's not fun? Universal. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I was just a little shot there at a. Look, I think any tourist destination that you go to, it's going to be crowded. If you go to a big city, it's going to be crowded. Right? Any place that people want to go, it's going to be crowded. I'd much prefer going to Disney World over New York City or Chicago where you have to battle the crowds, battle the traffic. I love being contained in Disney World, and I think it's a lot of just knowing where you're going. Does that make sense? Like, Correct. It's knowing where you're going, and I think it's also planning the time that you go. I mean, if, if you're going with somebody that hates crowds and hates being around a ton of people, you're not going to try to plan a trip for the middle of July, right? You're not going to plan a trip Christmas, yeah, I think that's the thing. If we have, if you have a family member out there who, who would say, hey, Disney's too crowded, that's why I don't like going, 
you've got to do your due diligence and don't go during New Year's, Christmas, uh, really any, you know, during on or during a major holiday, uh, because <clears throat> Walt Disney World does get really busy at those times. And I would tell you, if you prepare well enough, you can, it, it can be crowded and you won't feel the crowd, if that makes sense. You know, but outside, but I mean, a, a New Year's Day or a New Year's Eve or a Christmas Day, there's no avoiding that kind of level, that crowd level. Yeah, there's certain times of year you just can't avoid crowds. Right, totally. And so you, you plan for that and you don't go during those times. And you're right. You know when you can go to – you don't go to Epcot on a Saturday night. That's where all the locals are, right? You avoid that park on a Saturday night. So you know what park you go to on what day, and I think that helps alleviate some of the crowd as well. I think it was just going back to like we originally talked about. You're, if you do anything fun, it's going to be crowded. So like let's move on to the next topic because like a crowd, I, I'm yeah, it's going to be crowded. Deal with it. All right. So I think hand in hand with this, all you do at Disney World is wait in line. If you're just waiting in lines, I think you're doing it the wrong way. If you're waiting in lines, you're not listening to this podcast or any other Disney podcast that's out there. Yeah, I, th- I think that the counter argument to that is, look, you can go down to Disney World and not wait in a single line if you if you really do it right and if you really don't want to. We've, we go down and let's say that Big Thunder Mountain has a 20-minute wait. We're going to wait in that 20-minute wait, right? But there are ways to avoid waiting in any lines. If you go to, say you go down for 10 days and you go to each of the parks twice, in those 10 days, you can pretty much get a fast pass for every single ride. So there's there's no need to wait in line. There's no need to wait in line for food. You can make all your dining reservations in advance. You can pre-order your food in advance. So you don't have to wait in line to eat. There's really no time you ever have to wait in line other than getting on the bus or the monorail. Outside of your fast passes, I would argue that you don't have to wait in a line at Disney World at all. Like if you see a 20-minute line, there's so many other things to do in Disney World that don't require waiting in a line that you can stay busy throughout the day and you'll be slap tired by 5 p.m. with still six more hours to go in the park without ever waiting in a line. Like, I don't, I don't buy the waiting in the line. They've, they perfected this. But there are people that still have this complaint when they go down to Disney World that all they did was go down and wait in line all day. And, and to those people, I would say, well, you need to plan better. And I would also say that these people remind me of people that went to Disney in the mid-90s, before Fast Passes really came into existence, before... You could actually, you know, plan out your day with dinner reservations and all the restaurants that are there. In the mid-90s, I would say, yeah, you were waiting in line a lot, but that's just not the case anymore. It's it's getting back there, though. It's getting more difficult to get fa- to get additional fast passes. So we are kind of going back to that, but I but I agree with you. There's There's not nearly as much of a need to wait in line now as there was 15 years ago. Hey, you know what? Actually, I'll throw down this challenge. If any of our listeners are worried about waiting in lines, take one of us with you on your Disney trip. We'll plan the entire thing. You pay for us, but you will not wait in a line. There you go. All right, so moving on to the next complaint. I don't know that this is as big of a complaint anymore other than for people who do not know Disney World at all, but I don't want to go down and eat just crappy food for a week. Well, Disney has some of the very, very best restaurants in the southeastern United States. I think that if you're eating crappy food, you're choosing to eat crappy food. If you actually are a food connoisseur and you do the research, you'll see that there are restaurants all over the place in Disney World. So there's certainly, uh, I guess, what you would call crappy food at Disney World. But there's crappy food at every theme park you would visit in uh, the world. What Disney, where, where they differentiate themselves here, and if, if I heard this complaint from a family member, I would throw out, you know, all the great restaurants they have that aren't, aren't necessarily in the park. Because if, if you're hearing a Disney complaint, in most cases, they probably aren't huge Disney fans. So to go to a nice restaurant out of the park would be, uh, 
would be probably a treat. But the, the, the food at Disney World can be really good. And, and you don't have to just eat theme park burgers and hot dogs and uh, fries. I mean, you, you at, at Magic Kingdom, at Epcot, at Animal Kingdom, and even Hollywood Studios to a lesser degree. But there are tons of different food options that have totally different cuisines. Uh, like a night and day difference. And so I think there's a, a lot of good restaurants from a theming standpoint, from a service standpoint, and from a food standpoint. Yep, I've got really nothing to add to that. I, there's plenty of good restaurants at Disney. Take your pick. If you want to go fancy, you can go fancy. If you want to go casual, you go casual. You can go very fancy. I mean, you can go Victorian Alberts and... Yeah, you can go Victorian Alberts or even or even a Citricose, a California Grill, Narcoosies. I mean, there's there's a ton of different options that are nice. All right, so let's move on to the next complaint. It's it's too expensive. Now this one, I, I don't know that there's any getting around. Now this, this one, one. I, I would, I, I still say Disney's an expensive treat. You know, unless you live in Florida or you have an annual pass and you have the means to go. If you don't live in the Southeast, Disney is expensive. But if you live in the Southeast, Disney's not expensive. Yeah, I, so this is a complaint that I'm not going to try and disprove. I think we talk about it quite often that Disney is really expensive. Uh, but I don't think we shy away from that. We understand it. We, we spend our money that way. Uh, we think it's worth it for a, a vacation or a little mini trip or a, a week-long trip. But it's there's no way to make it, you know, most people in the world don't have um, a large enough income to where it's going to be. Disney's not expensive. I mean, Disney's expensive for most people to go. But, again, while it's expensive, Disney has creative ways that you can pay. You don't have to pay for it all at once. You know, you do have to pay for it <clears throat> prior to your trip beginning. But... What I've done when we've taken big, long week trips is started paying for it, you know, almost 10 months out. And so every every month you just throw, you know, your extra spare change in and then you get to a point and you're like, whoa, you know, I've paid this thing off. So that's one way to avoid the massive hit that Disney is because it's, it's expensive. Yeah, I was about to say the exact same thing you, you just mentioned, Tom. But I have friends that are, you know, both the husband and wife are teachers. They plan a Disney trip a year ahead. The trip's fifteen hundred dollars. They break it up over eleven payments, and an extra hundred fifty dollars a month for a big family vacation is not that big of a deal to me. And they don't feel like it's a big deal either. And it's just everything's paid for, taken care of. They get there, they have a blast. If you want to go be on a beach, yeah, Disney's not your place. But if you want to go to have a family, family friendly, family you know, exciting vacation, I don't think Disney is too expensive. You say that, but you could go to Disney and sit on a beach all day, or you could go to Disney and sit by the pool all day. I mean, you really could. But I will say this. Disney does have some ways, and there are ways you could make this trip more affordable. But you're right. This is a luxury. It's a vacation, right? I mean, you're going to pay what you're going to pay for it. But you can stay off property. You can bring food in. You know, there are certainly ways you can save money on it. But the fact is, you're still going to have to stay down there. You're still going to have to buy tickets to the theme parks, and, and tickets are expensive and they're only getting more expensive so yeah i think this argument if this is something where you're you're saying wow this is really really expensive i can't afford this then obviously you don't need to go yeah i, w- I would say what what what's the alternative what other vacation are you going to take because you can take two vacations to a drivable beach for us that you know you can pay to go to one disney vacation all right so let's let's move on to and i threw this in here i've never really heard this as so this a complaint it rains all the time in Orlando. It's going to ruin our day. It, it, yeah, you're right. It rains all the time in Orlando. <laughs> what are you going to do about that? I mean, this is just like a... But the, the thing is, it only rains a little bit, right? I can I can think back to our trip. It rained for, what, an hour, 45 minutes? Yeah, I mean, it's not going to be a rain all day. And that, that 
I, I get it, you know, like don't plan your Disney trip during a hurricane or a tropical storm where it's going to rain nonstop for four straight days. It's going to rain for a little bit. You know what? Most of the time I enjoy the rain when I'm in Disney. It's hot. I'm get a little fresh, you know, get some get some raindrops, move into indoors, go to the bar in the United Kingdom, have a couple of drinks and I get on my way. Yeah, just make sure you bring a poncho in and you don't try to buy one of Disney's $45 disposable ponchos. Not a great deal. Which goes hand in hand with the next complaint. They're cramming this merchandise down our throats. There are, I mean, how many rides can you think of that have gift shops after you exit? Or a picture. I mean, again, yeah, that's merchandise. But I mean, most of the big rides exit out into a gift shop, right? I have gotten better about this. I mean, I I don't spend nearly the amount of money on souvenirs that we once did. You know, we we buy, I mean, we definitely buy a souvenir to to remember the trip for uh, one thing my wife and I do is we buy an ornament that actually has the year that we went to Disney. So, you know, every year we went to Disney, we know, uh, and we're getting quite a collection. I can see where it would, where you could complain about it, but you also can just walk straight through the store and leave, which... Well, not only that, you you set a budget, right? You say, hey, this is what we're going to spend on merchandise, and you don't exceed that. And if you're going with kids, that gets a little bit more difficult because kids don't necessarily understand that, but... Well, you know what? I think one of the big things with setting a budget and also having children... One of the things that my family did for me was I I went to Disney World and the very first day I got a hundred dollars cash, just a hundred dollars, and that was my money for the entire trip. And once I ran out of money, there was no more money coming my way. So you know you get a thirty dollar Mickey plush you know animal, you get a T shirt, and then you you know you get a couple of Disney pins. Your money's gone. And that was probably the best lesson I've gotten in my entire life and how to manage a budget because. At Disney World, things are expensive, and you know you're going to be there five, seven days. That was a really, really good lesson. All right, moving on. There are too many half-day parks. There's no point in going down there for just a couple of parks. There's only one half-day park now. and there, I mean, I'll mean, i argue with you on well, that. Well, yeah, because you okay, go to Animal so, Kingdom, you're so, sitting in line for five hours for Flight of Passage. Fair. Hollywood Studios today is a half-day park. We we did... I did Hollywood Studios on Sunday of our most recent trip. Pete and I did, actually, by, with a couple other guys. We rode everything, literally, by... By 1 o'clock. By, and ate lunch. And ate lunch by 1 o'clock, right? Something like that? Yeah. Correct. And we waited... And that included us waiting 45 minutes for swirling saucers because we, we just... We had fast passes... And that included me waiting 50 minutes for Toy Story Mania. So that is a half-day park, if I've ever seen one. Uh, I would recommend going the back half of the day so you can see Fantasmic, but that's another topic altogether. If you're going to say Animal Kingdom is a half-day park, then I don't know what what to tell you, Pete. I think it is. I really think you can do everything in in Animal Kingdom in a half-day, except for waiting in line for one of the Pandora rides. But if you do both of those early enough in the morning, what, what are you staying for? You're not staying for Rivers of Light. Kilimanjaro. Expedition Everest. Yeah, but all that can be knocked out before 11 o'clock. I mean, I think both the Finding Nemo show and the Lion King show are fantastic. Sure. But again, there's not that much there. There's enough. You're not going to do it stuff to be a bug? I can can skip that. I mean, I, I really, I can... I don't have to do that, but I'm just, I'm, I'm literally joking. I guess my, my problem with animal kingdom, which, which unlike Epcot and unlike magic kingdom is that to me at animal kingdom, there's nothing that's repeatable. So I would love to do flight of passage more than once, but it's just not feasible to do that. Kilimanjaro safaris. See, I could do Kilimanjaro. I could stay on that ride the entire day, but it's not, but it's not feasible because you're waiting an hour and a half minimum to get back on it. So I think we go back to Pete. You complain about the lines at Disney. I do complain about the lines at Disney. 
but but it, but I think that makes Animal Kingdom a half day park. Whereas Magic Kingdom, you can get on a lot of these rides multiple times without a problem, without waiting an hour and a half, without waiting two hours. Yeah, I mean, even so. So right now, Flight of Passage is nearly impossible to get a fast pass for, but you're especially not going to do it twice. We were fortunate enough on our trip right after it opened to get two fast passes in a day for it. A little humble brag there. I see your point in that you're going to ride it once and that's it. You're not going to get a chance. And, and Navi River Journey is just not a, not a good attraction at all, actually. Yeah, do not wait in line. Do not wait in line for Navi River but Journey. But Kilimanjaro is so it. different every time because obviously it's the animals have like free reign of where they would like to roam. And Expedition Everest Single Rider is a really, really good option to ride that multiple times. Dinosaur, you can catch that line at the right time. And it's really fun multiple times. And then if you do those shows because of the, the time slots, you know, you're you're giving up two hours of your day pretty much to do Lion King and Finding Nemo if you can if you're fortunate enough to land both of them. So that's why I think it's a, a full day park. I think you need to see Pandora during the daytime and at nighttime. There's a huge difference there. Uh, it's totally it's a totally different experience. River and, and you every, all of our listeners know how much I love Rivers of Light, right? So no, no, seriously, skip that. Go do Expedition Everest at night. I just on our on our last trip, and again, you guys didn't go to Animal Kingdom. So, but our Animal Kingdom day, we sat in a bar for like two hours because the lines were too long for everything. Now, granted, we did not do Finding Nemo. We did not do Lion yeah. But let, let's say that the lines are too long for what, like Flight of Passage, and that was a five hour line. You don't want to get everything. That. Like you're not talking about no, everything. Something was wrong with Animal Kingdom that day because Pete. No, I mean it was. I mean, Pete and I were texting, and obviously I was checking wait times. He was checking Magic Kingdom's wait times. And that was just horrible luck. I mean, I, that was really, really... Everything was 100-plus minutes that you would want to ride, except Dinosaur. But, and that was still like over an hour. I mean, even single rider Expedition Everest, we waited like 35 or 45 minutes for. Yeah, I mean, that that's not fun. That That's not fun at all. I guess the complaint is semi-validated because we have... You know, Pete is adamant that he... he agrees are two two day or two half day parks and i'm the i'm the i'm the other way i think hollywood studios is for sure a half day park but nothing else and look you can make that argument but i would argue that there is so much to do at epcot there's so much to do at magic kingdom both of those are multi-day parks you can stretch animal kingdom and hollywood studios into full day parks if you really try and if you really spend the time doing everything at every park yeah and one of the things i 100 percent agree with that before we go into the next topic I want to go back to the line turn issue. You're going to spend all your time waiting in line. And you might wait in line like you're talking about. You know, there's some rides in Animal Kingdom that day that everything was over an hour. But with smartphones nowadays, like, would you rather be waiting in line with, without a smartphone or sitting at your desk, cruising Twitter, cruising Instagram, not doing work and still being at work? I think that nowadays you can be in the line and you can be on the internet. You can do whatever you want to do to pass time. And at least you're in Disney World. I agree with you, but I do want to make a complaint about the smartphones. And that is that I feel like waiting in line, everybody's got their phone out. Everybody's on their phone. Like, you don't, nobody talks anymore. And I miss that. Well, so, so if you want that, here's what um, my family used to do. And I've told this on the podcast before. You start like playing like 20 questions. I'm going to describe a Disney character. You have to guess who it is. And if you guess who the Disney character is right, then you get to be the person that you know, takes a Disney character and everyone has to guess who it is. But I mean, you can do that with anything. I mean, actually just talk to your friends. It's a lot better than staring at your phone. All right. And moving right into the next complaint, somebody that is a little bit more familiar with Disney, I only get three fast passes. Better than so, two. So this one's tough because 
I think I've mentioned it on the on the uh, podcast history or, or previously rather, but the standby lines would be shorter if there weren't fast pass lines. So like some of me is like get rid of fast pass altogether, and then some of me is you use them you use them strategically. You can flip them all day, and you're 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 hitting. You know, Pete, you did. Now on that note, how many fast passes do you guys actually use when you're at the park? Like, do you use three, five, seven? How many can you actually flip in a day? A day. I- a day or it depends on the park. I mean, Magic Kingdom, 12, 14, 15, something like that. I'm thinking 20 in Magic Kingdom, seriously. I mean, there's think about how many attractions you ride in a day. That, that's, that's what I'm going back to. Like, how many, like, we only get three fast, fast passes. That's, that's not a lot. That's not, that's not enough. But you guys are getting 12 to 20 at fast passes per day. The only time the three becomes an issue, and, and I, we still need to figure out the whole tier one, can you not get another tier one fast pass after you've used your first one? But the only the only place it is really an issue is Hollywood Studios because there's only like five attractions yeah. that are even worth doing. We didn't do store tours last time and didn't even think about yeah. it. Didn't even mention it. And so that the only place that that truly is an issue is Hollywood Studios, and that's why we waited standby at Toy Story Mania and at... Um, Swirling Saucers. Swirling Saucers. Yeah. It, I mean, it was an issue for us at Animal Kingdom as well. I could see Fast Passes coming open. I could see Kilimanjaro Safari's Fast Passes coming open, but it wouldn't let me book another Kilimanjaro Safari's Fast Pass for some reason. Yeah, I still don't know what was going on because the same thing happened to us... At Epcot. You know, we had a Frozen Fast Pass in Epcot, I believe it was. And not that we wanted to ride Frozen again, but we were trying to book for Test Track, I think. And we couldn't. Because it, we'd already used our "quote unquote" tier one slot, which has never been an issue. You know, uh, I, I've always been able to get multiple tier one fast passes once I use the initial three. So maybe we are behind the eight ball and how that's functioning now. I, I haven't even asked. I haven't looked into it. Yeah, at all. I have not either. So, but on that note, another common complaint: it takes too much planning, and the planning is too confusing. It, it takes a lot of planning. There, there's no getting around that. And I think that like the three of us are numb to the planning part of it because, you know, it's funny, like, you know, my wife's family, they love Disney World. They haven't been in 10 years. And they say like, well, you know, we'll just go to Disney World. And I'm like, well, how are you going to plan? They're like, well, we're just going to go. And I just like, I, I like grit my teeth. I like scratch my wrist a little bit. I'm just like, ah. And those are the, those are the type of people that will go, will have a terrible time and then we'll never go back yeah. again, unfortunately. So I'll tell you, Disney does take a lot of planning. This is probably a legitimate complaint, and and it, it I can you know I would probably validate this one. I'll tell you when I went with my wife, who had been and used the app before, you know I hadn't been since the app came out at this point. I could not have navigated Disney because I didn't I didn't you know it's my first time really planning a trip. You know she planned it all actually, but it was the first time I was there without my parents or my mom doing everything, and I had no idea how to get fast passes, how to. I mean, it was all brand new. And so I think the one of the points of our podcast is we don't want people to go to Disney and not enjoy it. So we try to share everything we've learned because it can be really overwhelming. And you can, unfortunately, do it wrong. And if, if you don't ask the right questions, if you don't do the research or the preparation, you're not going to have a as much fun as you could have. So... This one, I, I can I can understand where people could complain about the the prep work that's that's required, and then actually your ex, your your execution of your plan because that's really important for for your. Family and again, to have I come really back to if you're a listener of this podcast and you're worried about planning your trip, you're worried about how to do it. Pay for our trip, and we'll plan everything. 
You only need one of us to do it. It becomes a problem, too, though, because you cannot take a spontaneous trip to Disney World. Matt, when we went down, it was it was a pretty spontaneous trip. We luckily got to do everything that, that we wanted to, but you couldn't do that now. And that was, what, six, seven, eight years ago at this point? Golly. It would have been 2014. Yeah. It was so much easier back then to do it. And that's, I mean, I'm in, I, I'm in the IT business, and it's crazy like how much technology changes in three to five years. But Disney has changed so much in just five or six years. That's wild. That's a really good point, Pete. Yeah, so if you don't stay up to date with it and you just go to Disney, I don't think you're going to have the, the trip you, you used to have in the 90s. I'll put it that way. So that's the last time you went there or, or even 10 years ago. All right. So moving on, this is a pretty easy one. The hotel rooms don't work for us. And I think specifically here, we're talking, you got mom and dad and two kids. They don't want to share a room. You've got so many options for hotels at Disney World. You can get one-bedroom suites. You can get two-bedroom suites. You can stay off property at a suite hotel with separate bedrooms. You can all stay in the same room. You can get separate rooms. And there's just so many options here. Yeah, I mean, I think that that just goes back to, you know, if you'd like to stay off property, you can probably get a room that's a lot different and stay in own property. Or you can stay on own property and get the biggest room that's in Disney and pay a, pay a premium price. But but yeah, I mean, I mean, it doesn't matter nowadays. Anywhere you go, you're paying a premium for a place to stay, whatever hotel you go to. And it might be small, it might be cramped, but I mean, how great is your hotel experience normally if you're just going to stay at a Holiday Inn? It's probably the exact same experience you're going to have at Disney World. I guess my other my other counter argument to this is, look, how much how much time are you spending in the rooms when you're at Disney World? Yeah, I'm there for at best eight hours a night, and then I'm back on the back on my way. Something that I really do want to dive into, and Pete, it would have to be, you'd have to definitely be the knowledge base on the DVC resort you stayed at. But I, you know, I could, I can compare a value and even a moderate resort to what I stay whenever I stay in the Disney Springs area hotel. A double, the double tree typically is where I pick. I would love to know how those rooms stack up to the elite rooms at Disney World because for the, for what you pay, it absolutely smashes the benefits that you get at a moderate. Aside from the Disney transportation and being in the Disney bubble. But as far as space, you know, you can easily, easily fit four to six people in these suites at, at the Doubletree. And I think I told Pete this, but I found a room for 93 bucks a night uh, in August. So I would love to, uh, I'd love to compare, you know, what, what kind of experience, I guess, you, you would have in a DVC resort or a, you know, a Grand Floridian type hotel versus you know, your standard Doubletree or, or Hilton suite you can get. You're not going to get that much nicer of a room, right? I mean, it's it's a hotel room is a hotel room. From a st space standpoint, I've, I've stayed in a one-bedroom suite at Wilderness Lodge, and it was comparable to a one-bedroom suite. It, I, I'll say it was it was about the size of two hotel rooms put together. That's nice. And, and that's what you get in those one-bedroom suites at the Doubletree. I mean, you get, you know, the, the couch with the pullout, the TV, the... The little tiny kitchenette. Your kitchen was definitely more advanced, and then in the room you have your, you know, bathroom. And you had more bathrooms. We had one bathroom where you had two and a half, I think. We we had like one and a half. Okay. So from a space standpoint, it's probably the same. Which which you do get at Disney World that you don't get staying off property is obviously you're at a Disney hotel, so you get the Disney theming in the rooms. You get the Disney theming in the lobby. You're dealing with Disney cast members that check you in that that clean your room. I'll argue that it's worth paying a little extra for that. How much extra? I mean, that's up to you, right? But 
how, how quick was I able to get to Magic Kingdom from Wilderness Lodge? It was a five-minute boat ride. I could be at the Contemporary in five minutes from Wilderness Lodge and hop on the monorail from there to anywhere. So I think it's worth it from a convenience standpoint, from an amenity standpoint, you know, from a strictly space standpoint. Yeah, you're not you're not getting any more space than you would. If you booked a two-bedroom suite at a hotel off Disney property, it's going to be about the same size as on property. Right, right, right. Anywho, just an interesting way to look at it. Maybe we can do an episode on that in the future. Yeah, absolutely. I do think it's worth looking into. So two more here, and I think these are big ones. And I think if you're going to convince your wife, husband, significant other, whatever, to come to Disney, you really, really need to be able to address these two points. The first one is the most challenging for me because it's not in my experience. It's not a relaxing vacation. I struggle with this. Disney's what you make of it. And if what you want is a relaxing vacation, you got to stay at least seven days. We've talked about it before. Once you get past five days, the park ticket admission isn't that isn't that great. You're basically just paying for a hotel room. So it's not like you're paying more money to be able to go to the park. So if you stay for seven days or five days, whatever, spread a day out and just enjoy your, yourself at the resort. Do you guys agree? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I agree. And I, But I struggle with this because I'm the type of guy who I get excited. I'm at Disney World, right? So I get up at 530 and I'm ready to go by quarter after six. I'm ready to hit the parks and spend all day in the parks. And that's not relaxing. So this one, this one is for sure validated, and this one is a hurdle, and it's a complaint that you have to know what you're getting into, I guess. And and uh, I've done Disney trips with Pete where it's it's not relaxing, you know. The way Pete and I do Disney, we are one thousand miles per hour all the time. We 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 look at it like, hey, we're here for a couple days, like we can suck it up and, and keep moving forward, right foot in front of the left, right, but. You know, I did a couples trip uh, with some friends that we actually will do another one with in August, and it was a totally different pace. And my wife is a trooper. She she can do the full speed Disney vacation, or she can, you know, adapt really easily to the let's meander in shops, take our time around the World Showcase, take our time in, in Magic Kingdom, watch the parade, you know, watch the fireworks at night. So I, I can, I will agree, Disney can be not relaxing, but... It also can be relaxing. I mean, Pete and I were talking about a trip in November where you know we're, we're building in a spa day for for our wives. Pete and I, Pete and I will not go to the spa. We're going to go to the park, but we don't we don't feel like the need to relax at Disney. And you know what? We're like, not worried about it. Like what you're talking about right now, Tom. I think there's a couple ways to do Disney. There's like the walk until you have blisters, like you and Pete do, and just like go you know 100 miles per hour. And that's the way I would do Disney as well. Like, I have a finite amount of time to enjoy Disney how I want to enjoy it. And I think we're all cut from the same cloth there. But at the same time, when I come home from Disney, I would really enjoy having a day off from work, like getting ready for my work day. But there's a lot of folks that, you know, like we talked about, like maybe two days in the park, a day at the hotel, or seven days in the park where you're only spending X amount of time actually doing things, like not just shopping, walking around, meandering. And then maybe the last way to do it is a combination of both, where you ease in on your first day. And I don't know, I'm, I'm kind of rambling here, but just do Disney on however you want to do it. Like, there's no one way to do Disney. What I've come to realize is that as I go to Disney World more, I'm more okay with not going open to close every day. I'm more okay with, let's go hang out at the resort. Let's go to Disney Springs. You know, let's leave the parks a little bit early. I mean... Pete, one of your most fun, I guess, parts of our last trip, you told me, was going to the Polynesian early before dinner. 
Exactly. With 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 our buddy who that you were with. I mean, I got there and you said you'd watch fireworks. You had you know had a couple drinks. You had relaxed a little bit. Exactly. And and old Pete, absolutely not. No, not happening. Never would have done that. I'm staying till the fireworks. Exactly. And passed. So the more I go, I guess the the easier it is for me to do those things and and to not be in the parks all day and and to make it more relaxing. And you you just gotta say, hey, we're gonna make this a relaxing vacation. We're going to get up a little late. Maybe we don't make our first fast pass until 10 a.m. Maybe we leave early and have dinner at one of the resorts, sit on the beach, watch the fireworks, and be done with it and be okay with that. Not feel like you're missing out on on something because you're you're leaving the parks early. Wouldn't it be great to go to Disney World and not ride a single ride, buy a single thing except for food, and just sit on a bench and people watch and just watch like everyone else enjoying Disney the way we probably first enjoyed Disney? I don't think I'm there yet, but... <laughs> Maybe if I had an annual pass. If Pete had a 10-day trip, he'd stop on the sixth day. Or on the seventh day, Pete will rest. <laughs> so last complaint that comes up, and you you guys have heard this. I still get this all the time. Disney World's for kids. I'm not a kid. I mean, can I can I still be a kid? I mean, I, so Disney World is for sure geared towards children. And if you... Um... I mean, if, if you if that bothers you, you have no soul. I mean, <laughs> I don't I don't have a no. I'm, I mean, I don't have a, I don't have a kid, and I, I don't. I mean, but when I see kids enjoying Disney, it actually makes me reflect on my memories, and I hope they have the m- most fun time they can. Matter of fact, I try to get out of their way because it's maybe it is for kids, but I I can still find ways to have fun. Oh, there. past that, I mean, I go to Disney World. And I feel like a kid. Like I'm the oldest kid in the in the area, probably, but. I mean, I love going to Disney World. I love feeling like a kid again. I love the nostalgia factor. We talk about it nonstop. Like, I think we all go to Disney for the nostalgia factor. I don't think anyone goes to Disney that's not trying to recapture what it's like to be a kid and just have fun and be in, an, be in awe of something. Yeah, I mean, you, you go for the escape, right? You go to forget yeah, the, mean, the everyday world. And it's you go for that Disney bubble. You go to just be at Disney. And okay, yeah, maybe it's geared geared to kids, but again, everyone's a kid at heart. Anything else to say? That we just came onto the podcast to discuss complaints, and we disproved all of them <laughs> except a couple. So, so realistically, <laughs> really, no really? you shouldn't go to Disney World. I think we just fanboyed over all those complaints. This was something I was worried could be a negative episode, and it turned into us fanboying. So I'm totally fine with it. Peter, are you okay with it? Yeah, I'm okay with it. I feel like I said very no, little I mean, negative. But the thing is, I felt like we were fair about it. There are some things that we, you know, like Pete with his half-day park or, or us saying Disney's expensive. There's no secret there, but some of it is 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 not true. The complaints don't hold up in court. Well, the, it's not it's not a perfect place, but it's, but it's pretty close. Pretty close. Pre- pretty close. All right. Well, with that, let's move on to the secret and trivia question for the week. What do we got? All right, we'll go to the secret. I'm still in the whole did you. I, I've been rolling with these did you know secrets, and I don't know if I'm ever going to stop. Just FYI for future episodes, I like them a lot. So did you know the dog in the Carousel Progress You know, is also the dog you see in Pirates of the Caribbean? However, this dog was modeled after Walt's own dog. Uh, so where you where you see the, the dog in the Carousel Progress and you see the dog holding the keys, uh, one of the most famous scenes in the Pirates of the Caribbean, not only is it the same dog and animatronic, it was actually modeled after Walt Disney's dog. So I thought that was pretty neat. Uh, going to the trivia question for last week, what Magic Kingdom attraction is said to have Mickey's little red car racing around the streets below? Come out, come out, come out. Yeah, I have to give Matt credit. He, he guessed it. It's Peter Pan's flight. And Matt said I made it too easy because of the hints I gave. But prior to the episode, I asked Pete in a, I guess, less descriptive way, and he struggled to, to understand what I was trying to ask. So that's why I did throw some hints out there. But again, it was Peter Pan's flight. 
if you look down, you will see Mickey's little red car racing around the streets below you. Uh, you have to be really observant to catch it, uh, but I promise you it is there. Trivia question for this week. Going to stay with uh, the Mickey theme and actually go to one of my favorite attractions, the Carousel of Progress. But how many hidden Mickeys are in the final Christmas scene of the Carousel of Progress, and where are they located? Uh, you can tweet us at podcast or email us at gmail.com. We do check the uh, we, we check both, obviously. Matt prom- prom- primarily does our Twitter, and, and we're working to improve on our email responses because uh, I think we got a little behind there. But uh, again, how many hidden Mickeys are in the final Christmas scene of the Carousel of Progress and where are they located? Tweet us at podcast or email us at gmail.com. All right, well, if that's it for this week, please tune in next week for some more Disney magic. Look for us on the Twitter at Podcast. If you have any suggestions, questions, or comments, please tweet us or email us at gmail.com. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and leave us a review. It really does help us out. Thank you so much for listening and giving us the most valuable thing you have, your time. We'll see you next week.